Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Sorry again, guys. We're going to briefly interrupt the podcast to tell you about a new movie called Embattled. Embattled is starring Stephen Dorff. It's written by David McKenna, who wrote American History X and Blow. Uh, you will also see cameos from Tyrone Woodley and Kenny Florian in this film. And it's the story of a tumultuous relationship between a father and his son. And did I mention that both father and son are MMA fighters? So this could be right up your street. It's available from the 5th of July on digital download. Check it out. (laughs) (laughs) We're literally laughing, Blake and I, because... We never discuss who's going to do the hello and welcome to the MMA fan podcast. Well, there, I've just done it. Uh, I went to do a big draw of breath and uh, and then I've just held back just in case he wanted to do it. So we've literally had a standoff uh, as to who's going to do the intro. So, uh, well, I'm owning it now. So welcome to the MMA fan podcast. How are you doing, Blake Harrison? I'm great now, watching that intake of breath, and then you kind of froze. We're like, is he going? Am I going? Is he going? Oh, no. (laughs) Yes, really, really good. Today, we have a a fantastic episode for you. But before we get onto the episode, we do want to talk to you about our our lovely, wonderful friends over at Free Train. Uh, They can provide you with these fantastic training vests for you to hit the bag in, go running in. Uh, it stores your phone close to your chest. It's got little pockets in it so that you can stick your keys in there or or anything like that. And uh, yeah, they're absolutely brilliant. I've got one myself. Got it before the sponsorship as well. So, you know, before anyone starts saying, yeah, Blake, you're only marketing it because, you know, they're giving you a little bit of money. I'm like, no, mate, had one before and really enjoy it. So stick that in your pipe and smoke it. I didn't um, have one beforehand. Uh, they sent me a free one. Uh and I have been wearing it. It's really cool. Yeah, it's because good. The, the thing at the front, um, and, and do you know, what? I'm, I actually genuinely mean. It. I know they're, they're our sponsors, and so we're meant to be saying nice things, but it's legit. And because the things when you go running, I've tried the little one on the arm, the little thing that you put your yeah. your, your phone in, doesn't work. And uh, I think unless you're like ripped, like it doesn't stay there. I'm clearly not. So to have something that I can kind of nestle uh, between my moves and like <laughs> and then like literally 
it's got a little kind of like popper on it and then it sort of drops down and and you've got the sort of the waterproof clear screen so you can kind of flick through your tracks and and stuff like that you know whilst wearing it it's it's a really really cool bit of kit and uh and yes and not content at telling you about how cool this is we're going to save you some money uh the discount code mma fan will save you some pennies when you go over to freetrain.com just go and have a look that's all we're saying go and have a look and uh they're very very reasonably priced and they look cool uh and yeah and we're going to save you some pound notes by going over there and uh and using that discount code that's it yep mma fan is a discount code and you go over to freetrain.com now We've done that bit. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about today's guest. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, this is part of uh, a sort of run of event. Uh, sorry, a run of episodes about the um, upcoming Cage Warriors uh, trilogy. There's some incredible um, fights to be had over over three uh, separate events, and they've reached out to us and, and they've they've helped us get some great chats uh, recorded with some wonderful fighters uh, and one of them chats you're about to listen to. Blake, who we got today? We've got Nathan Fletcher. He's taking on uh, Brian Boland in a bantamweight bout as part of uh, Cage Warriors 124 on Friday the 25th of June. That's the the meat in the sandwich of the uh, trilogy cards there. So they're, they're doing events on the 24th, 25th, and the 26th. It's really exciting having though all those events back to back uh, to back. And uh, yeah, today we've got Nathan Fletcher on the show. Really lovely chat with an up and coming fighter who is currently five and oh, and is, is looking like, you know, this, this is one of his, well, this is his biggest fight today. And it's one of those fights that I've heard Graham Boyle and the, the president of cage warriors say before that when a fighter gets to five and oh, that's when they need to step up in competition. And uh, yeah, we will soon see whether uh, whether Brian Boland represents a big big step up in competition for Nathan Fletcher, and we'll see how Nathan gets on. Fingers crossed, he does really well. Because uh, as you're about to listen to, he's a really nice guy, and this is a great chat. Enjoy it. Hey, Nathan, how's it going? <laughs> very, very good. <laughs> How are we doing, boys? You's okay? Yeah. All good, mate. Good, thanks, All good. Man. Where are you right now? What have you been up to? Uh, I'm currently in my girlfriend's house. So today I've had a pretty chilled one, to be honest. Let me just put my phone there on Do Not Disturb because I keep getting notifications coming up. How oh, dare they? Do, they? do they not know you're on such an amazing show, Nathan? I mean, I God. know. <laughs> the, cheek, the cheek of the mate. How, how very dare they? How very dare um, they? Um, yeah, yeah. So, I've had a pretty chill one to be honest. Just uh, been enjoying the nice weather. It's a rest yeah. day, obviously Sunday, yeah. so um, I've not been up too much really, but it's been nice. Lovely, lovely. As, and how's, how's camp been going? Very, very well. Yeah, uh, really good. It, it was a, uh, it's a bit of a shorter one this time round because obviously I've only, I've only fought um, about ten weeks ago. I fought in March, so it's been like a fairly quick turnaround for me. But I've enjoyed it. It's been nice and. Um, I feel very good now, ready to go in the next in the next two weeks or so. Brilliant, nice. So, Nathan, what we usually like to uh, to start this chat by kind of just saying how you got into combat sports. What, what was it that 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 drove you towards combat sports? Yeah, so I started. I started off with MMA. Me, I didn't do anything like any traditional martial arts or anything like that before. And um, I was about probably 13 or 14, so I was in school 
And I don't know what it was. I just I was fascinated by fighting. Um, I hadn't really watched it. I'd watched like the, the Rocky movies and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? I'd yeah. watched a bit of Karate Kid, but I was always into like combat. And uh, basically, one of my mates, Kieran, who was kind of like the odd boy in the age. You know what I mean? Like no one wanted to mess with Key, and he was doing MMA at like a small gym in Southport where I'm from. So I kind of just got pally with him, and uh, he ended up taking me down. And I think the first time I trained with him, he tapped me out about 15 times in like a five-minute round. Do you know what I mean? I was completely useless. But um, like when you go into it, you expect, you think like, oh, this is a fight. I should be okay. I kind of have an idea of what I'm doing. And I was literally clueless. And he just wiped the floor with me everywhere. And then literally since that day, I was hooked on it. Um, he had all like old UFC DVDs and stuff like that. So I used to lend all them off him, watch them. And uh, like pretty early on into getting started, I had it in the back of my mind that like, this was something that I wanted to do. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, every other kid growing up wants to be like a footy player and that I was crap at footy. So as soon as I found something I was half decent at, which was MMA, I was all in straight away. And where you where you grew up in, in Southport, did that have um, an effect on you in terms of like your mentality for that? Because as you've just said, like most kids grow up, they, they might want to play football or, you know, whatever it is. But... To, to to want to go into to MMA from a young age makes me think that confrontation didn't bother you too much. Like the idea of like a physical fight or anything like that, whether it be in the playground back then or whatever it is, maybe didn't bother you so much. Am I right in thinking that or am I wrong? Well, I think initially it probably did bother me and that's why I was so like interested by it because I think the initial reason I got into it was because I'd never wanted to be confronted and like, shit myself I wanted to be able to be confident enough that if anybody said anything to me I'd be able to do you know what I mean stand up for myself and I was never really put in any any position like that I was never like bullied or anything I was never uh, I never really had many street fights a couple of tussles like on the playground and stuff in school but nothing major but I think I just always I don't know what it was do you know what it genuinely could be I've got an older brother and like when we were yeah. kids he used to play fight he always used to get the better of me so it was kind of in the back of my head like I wanted to be able to yeah. to defend myself and, and you know what I mean um, is yeah, the shoe on so, the other foot now then between you and your brother <laughs> well put it this way we haven't had like a little grapple for years but the last time we did I got the better of him I mounted him for like a good five minutes and he was furious <laughs> he was trying to do anything I literally I just mounted him and pinned him down but he was getting so frustrated because he couldn't move couldn't shift me and that was the last time we had like a tussle so the shoe's definitely on the other foot now Brilliant. You you mentioned uh, borrowing uh, old UFC DVDs off off of uh, off of your pal uh, growing up. With that in mind, like what um what fighters were you watching, and were there any that presented themselves as sort of inspirations to you? And like you know, what fighters did you that stood out for you that kind of made you think I want to fight like him? Yeah, definitely. I think the first few. So I really like the alpha male guys. So Uriah Faber was like a big yeah. hero of mine when I first got into it. Um, I was always like a fairly small kid anyway I fight at bantamweight now which is actually Uriah's weight class so um, when I started watching the UFC I liked all of them Uriah um, Cody Garbrandt he was a bit later on though but all, all the alpha male guys and then I actually ended up going training out there with them a few years ago um, really? Why? yeah yeah. about three years ago I went out and trained in California with them lot and that was a, a really good experience so uh, they were kind of the first sort of team that I looked up to and Uriah especially yeah. So tell us more about that. Was that because were they there? Was like Uriah there? 
I'd, yeah, I'd... literally. The, the, so that's the thing. As soon as I got there, they were all there on the mat train, and I got mixed in with all the pros. I was only an amateur at the time myself. I think I'd had like five amateur fights or something like that. Um, got there, got off the plane, got picked up by some fella who who uh, worked at the gym. Drove to his house, stayed down, and the first morning I went there, I ended up rolling with your eye favor. Literally the first session, got in the gym, and about twenty minutes in, I'm grappling with like me, the hero, the figure out of me from when I first got into the sport. So it was pretty, uh, pretty surreal, but it was cool. Do you know what I mean? They're all sound guys there as well. That's amazing. So like, were you? Did it affect how you were grappling? Like, were you going extra hard because you were trying to impress him, or were you like, oh my god, it's Uriah, and not knowing what to do? Did you regress a bit? Yeah, the first role we had definitely like respected him a bit too much do you know what I mean because yeah. obviously as you're right, I was a bit like starstruck almost I was like flipping yeah. out from rolling with Uriah Faber here, do you know what I mean um, but I had a good few goals with him I started trying to put it on him a bit towards the end I wasn't very successful but uh, like I say this, this was a few years ago so I'm quite a bit yeah. better now I'd like to go back and test myself against him again but yeah it was a sick experience I really enjoyed it when I went out there and how does the process for something like that work like do you do you do you phone ahead and say, "Can I come and train?" Or like, what? How how does that work? Did you, did you know someone that was already there? No, I, I I think I was emailing them. There was like a thing on the web. There's like an alpha male website, and there was a thing like train with Team Alpha Male. It's the thing like an email. So I literally just wrote to them. Was like, I'm an amateur fighter from the UK. I've had so many fights. I've been training this long, stuff like that. I'd like to come and train, and then sorted it all out through there with them. And I was able to go for two weeks. So it was a sick experience. Yeah, that sounds amazing, man. I love that. Yeah, it's I mean, the, the gym you're at now, there's there's no shortage of uh, of of you know legends in that one as well. Uh, tell us some, tell us a little bit about a day in the gym. A typical day in the gym. Well, obviously we've got a lot of characters in the gym, haven't we? We've got Paddy. I think you've had him on before, so Paddy's in. He, he brings a good energy to the gym. Do you know what I mean? He's always lively. He's always coming in and putting the tunes on and bringing everyone's energy up. Uh, obviously, we've got Molly again. She's very similar. It's always a battle with them two who's on the uh, who's on the speaker because she got her tunes on and Paddy <laughs> got his tunes on. So whoever gets in the gym first puts their music on. But those two are always bringing a, um, a sick atmosphere to the gym. And then just all, all the other lads are boss, you know what I mean? All, all the training partners are sound. We've got a, uh, a great relationship. Everyone's working hard every day. Everyone's pushing each other. We're all... We're all building up now. The team's all doing great things. Like we've got Bonner fighting for a world title. We've got Paddy just been signed to the UFC. We've got myself. I'll be on the main card of the next Gage Warriors trilogy fighting Brian Bulin, which is obviously a massive fight for me. Mm. Um, so, yeah, the whole team's just flying at the minute. It's, uh, there's a good energy in the gym, as White Goodman would say. We, we we just spoke to to Bonner um, before we've recorded this one, oh, and nice. uh, and and he 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 said much the same about the energy in the gym, and and uh, and he also alluded to the fact that uh, it's always a tussle between uh, Molly and Paddy for the stereo. Um, but seeing, you know, Paddy's career and seeing um, Molly and seeing obviously Bonner fighting for the title, and and they're in the same gym as you. Like, how inspiring is that? Yeah, it's very inspiring. Obviously, it's nice to see that. People who are doing the same stuff that I am day in, day out are, are getting to the levels where I want to be going. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's nice and it's it gives me a lot of confidence seeing what they're doing and knowing I'm doing the exact same stuff as them every day. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a good confidence boost. I think I saw um, you have an interview before where you, you mentioned that you – did you kind of – I know you just said you kind of just went straight into MMA, but I, th- I feel like I've heard you say something about – kind of either specialising in wrestling or, or focusing a lot on wrestling early on. Yeah. Was was that right? Yeah. 
Yeah, so basically, like I said, I went to the MMA gym with my mate Kieran, and it was only a small gym in Southport. Like, there wasn't there wasn't even any pro fighters there, do you know what I mean? Um, but there was a fella there called Carl McGrath, and he used to wrestle for GB. So basically, Carl was going every night and kind of taking over the sessions and coaching us. And there was me and another Adam Cullen going, and that was about it. It was me, Adam, and Carl in the gym most nights. So we were doing a lot of freestyle wrestling. And then Carl started taking us to... Wigan and Bolton and Manchester, all these areas that are known for good wrestling. Um, so we were going to all like freestyle wrestling gyms around there. And just by chance, really, like I always wanted to do MMA, but I know wrestling's a big part of that as well. And I was yeah. enjoying the wrestling training. So for like probably three or four years of that, we were doing like solely freestyle wrestling, me and me, uh, one of my training partners, Adam. Um, and then through that, I met a lad called Charlie Bowling, who he competes still for GB. He's done the Euros not long ago. He's com- he's won a bronze at the Commonwealth Games. So he's a very high-level freestyle wrestler. And then we were training him with him a lot. So it was kind of just by chance. I thought that no no one was turning up to training in the dog pit itself, but the small gym. And Carl was there and he had the wrestling background. So he'd take us to Wigan and yeah, it just kind of happened by chance. But I'm very, uh, very fortunate that that happened because now I feel I've got such a advantage over most of the other British fighters. Because obviously wrestling's not a big sport over here. The Americans have got um, got it through the school system over there, so they've always got that wrestling advantage. But I feel like I've narrowed the gap a bit on the uh, on the American fighters because I've put a lot of time into me wrestling. Yeah, there's a lot of um, uh, people within the sport that you know will say that wrestling is the most important aspect of, of MMA. Some people may may disagree with that, but I've heard a lot of people say that that's true. Um, and generally speaking. Uh, British MMA, we're more seen as like boxers that, that, that do other stuff. But but recently, I, th- I feel like I've seen evidence and other people have commented on seeing evidence that British wrestling has vastly improved recently. I mean, we had uh, we had Jack Shaw recently yeah. and his wrestling in his last fight. I can't remember who that was against now, but he was against a, 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 a guy with very top kind of freestyle wrestling credentials. And Jack Shaw was saying, look, if we had a freestyle wrestling match, he'd probably wipe the floor with me. But MMA wrestling is different. And his MMA wrestling was clearly superior to this American's MMA wrestling. Do do you feel like, I mean, I know you've not been around very long. You're a very young man, but you, you, do you feel like you've seen a, a, a huge improvement in either either the British wrestling or more respect from the Americans towards the British kind of wrestling and grappling ability? Yeah, I think definitely as the sport grows, we're all becoming more well-rounded. So I think initially getting into MMA in the early days, like you say, the British fighters were known as strikers because wrestling and grappling wasn't as big over here as it is in the US. But um the more the sports develop, the more you, you realise, obviously, you need every aspect of MMA to win a fight nowadays. Everyone can wrestle at a high level. Everyone can strike at a high level. Everyone's a black belt on the ground when you get into the UFC. So you've got to have every part of the uh, of the of the mixed martial arts. You can't just come in thinking that you're going to be a striker or you're going to be a grappler or whatever. Um, but I think you know, it all depends. Like me personally, I don't see an American wrestler and think in my head, uh, I'm not going to be able to go and wrestle against him because he's got these credentials or whatever. Like you say, MMA wrestling is different from freestyle wrestling or collegiate wrestling or whatever. And I don't know, I put so much time personally. Every single day I'm wrestling, I'm doing war wrestling, I'm doing wrestling in the open, I'm doing like jujitsu style wrestling, so getting to people's backs and working towards submissions. So I'm confident that 
the time I'm putting into my grappling skills are enough to go and take on someone who, even if they've got a college background in wrestling, do you know what I mean? I, I think I put enough time in every day anyway to where I'm going to be a high enough level to beat them in that part of the game. So I think it's all down to that as well, how confident you are in your abilities. A lot of people respect the Americans too much and the Russians and think, oh, I can't wrestle with them because they're known for that. But I, I do it to everyone over here. So what's what's different when I get over there? Do you know what I mean? It's going to be the same thing at the end of the day. And Jack Shaw proved that. He thought um, it was Hunter Azure. Hunter That's Azure, it, yeah. Like Hunter Azure, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, and he's got like massive credentials. I think he was NCAA collegiate mm-hmm. wrestler. And Jack got the better of him, do you know what I mean, in the wrestling department. So you've got to have confidence in your abilities wherever the fight goes, definitely. And aside from sort of confidence in your abilities, um, what we also see with a lot of fighters that are coming out of your gym is confidence in their ability to create hype and interest and talk. Um, I'm obviously more talking about Molly and, and, and Paddy that are never never backwards in coming forwards and I've got plenty to say and it, and it, and it attracts the media and it has helped build the, the brands, the brands around them fighters. Um, is that something that is a consideration when you're looking at how you can continue to build your career? You know, cause we do see that not just with the aforementioned fighters, but many fighters. And obviously it's impossible not to mention what Conor McGregor's achieved through building that brand, building that hype and that talk and stuff like that. Is that a consideration as your career is developing? Yeah, it definitely is. I know I'm not daft. Do you know what I mean? I know that at the end of the day, it's the entertainment business in it. And the fans, they like it when, when people can talk good and when they can give their opponent a bit of shit and build and hype the fight. But I think, You've got to be smart about it. And, and if it's not you and it doesn't come across naturally, then it's pretty obvious. And I think that then has like a dampened effect and it could probably go the other way and actually be detrimental to your career. So like me personally, I'm not a massive trash talker. I won't go out on my way to take the piss out of my opponent or, or build hype for the fight. But I think there's other ways that you can promote yourself. Do you know what I mean? So I try and like on all my social media, I try and come across as, as myself. I try and put out there like my sort of... Um, like my sort of mindset towards the fight game, and like I'm, a, I'm very into the, the competitive side of it and the hard work and the dedication that it requires, and I like to put that out there and show. Like a big inspiration of mine is Michael Chandler. I don't know if you've ever seen his social media, mm. but I feel like he he hypes fights and he and he gets people excited about him just off his his kind of mentality and his mindset and his work ethic. And I think that's enough if it's if it's an honest representation of yourself. Like I'm not going to go out there and start chatting shit and, and creating beef. Don't get me wrong, if my opponent wants to, you know what I mean, say some words towards me, I'm happy to engage in that with him and, and say it back and, and give my opinion on it. But um, I think it's got to come naturally to you. Otherwise, I think it's, it's pretty obvious when someone's putting it on. Do you know what I mean? Do you- Absolutely. I think you see, you do see, you know, certain fighters do it and it seems forced and it doesn't work. And I, I think people can see, that fans can see through it. And, and I think ultimately you, you, you want to, believe in your fighter don't you you know you pick your favorite fighters because you're on board with them you want that you know you want the whole story you want their and i think if they're giving you spin that you just think hang on this isn't this this seems forced i, I think you know you're right people see through it yeah definitely i agree that's it and it's even even the likes like colby covington do you know what i mean it's kind of it worked and he didn't have like any fans whatsoever before he um took on the shtick that, that he does nowadays but um like everyone can see right through it. Do you know what I mean? Everyone knows what he's really about. Someone like McGregor, it's natural to him. Do you know what I mean? That's his personality and mm. he's just being himself up there. But um, yeah. 
This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah. You mentioned social media there. Now, I, I, I have quite a, a, I suppose, a love-hate relationship with social media. You know, I think of it as a bit of a time vacuum. We see so much uh, negativity on there as well. And, I mean, for fighters especially, if, if a result doesn't go your way or even in the lead-up to a fight, you get the other guy's fans telling you what's going to happen to you and all that kind of stuff. But then on the flip side of it, you know, you, you can use it to help yourself with sponsorships and you can maybe create fights for yourself by, by you know, reaching out to someone in some way or whatever. How, how do you find social media in the fight game? But also what I think is really interesting is you, how, how old are you, Nathan? You're 20... 23. 23. Yeah. So, like, yeah. so I got my first uh, Facebook page when I was 22. So I didn't right. grow up with social media as it is today. You have grown up with social media as it yeah. is today, the pros and the cons of it. So as a fighter, how is social media for you and how do you like to use it? But also as a person growing up with it, how do you deal with the negative aspects of social media if you've encountered them? Yeah, I think – so I'm definitely aware that it's important as a fighter. You've got to market yourself. Do you know what I mean? So every post I put up, I'm thinking like, right, okay, what, how does this portray me? And I, and I want to try and come across as, like I was saying before, like I want to show my work ethic. I want to show my mindset towards it all. And I want to like inspire other, other people. Do you know what I mean? Like that's ideally what, what I want to do with my page. I think I haven't personally had any negative um, negative sort of comments come towards me from social media i've never been targeted by like an opponent's fans or anything i do see it happen all the time in the comment sections and i know a lot of fighters go through that and i, and I imagine that down the line when my platform gets bigger i'm, I'm imagining that's going to come and i'm going to have mm. to deal with that when it does but one thing i will say is like you said time vacuum i'm very aware that sometimes i can waste a large amount of my day yeah. like just aimlessly scrolling so that's that's one area where i think it's a negative um Obviously, you can set all app limits on your phone, can't you? But I, I catch myself too many times going, remind me of 15 minutes. So, do you know what I mean? When, when I'm yeah. having a scroll on. Um, but, yeah, 
like I said, with sponsorship, stuff like that, um, just growing your brand, getting a bigger fan base. I think that, like, I know personally when I see a fighter and, I, and I'm following their career, I like to follow them on Instagram and see what the training routines are like. If they've got, like, a YouTube channel and they're putting out content on that, it engages you a lot more than if a fighter never posts anything. So I'm aware that that's sort of what the route I'm going to have to go down eventually. Uh, and I'm trying to build it up now, slowly, uh, as my following's getting a little bit bigger with each fight. But, um, yeah. I'm also aware that with that, I'm probably going to get a bit more hate and stuff as I get, you know, more towards like the UFC and stuff like that. But we just have to deal with that when it comes. And you, you see, like, you, someone like Paddy, who you, you're going to be very close with being in the gym, he he gets that and he really comes back at them quite hard. And yeah. he does a really good job <laughs> of, of coming back at them and putting them in their place. Not yeah. everyone's capable of doing that. Not everyone has the kind of. Um, I don't know what the word is, but the the I don't know whether it would be strength or just that 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 confidence or, or or whatever it is. How how do you think you would deal with that? Do you think you'd be someone that goes back at people a bit like Paddy does, or do you think you'd just be someone that goes ignore them? They're an idiot. Maybe use the yeah, mute th- button or the block button or something. Yeah, I think it depends really on who it is. Like if it's just Paddy. Is hilarious, right? So he'll have full on arguments with eggs that have got like three followers. Do you know what I mean? Like they're just people, <laughs> like they're obviously trolls. Do you know what I mean? They're there to, to wind you up. They've got a fake account, and Paddy's just going back and forth with them for like, was you know, it's so stubborn. And that's, I mean, fair play to him. It, it, it does wind him up, but he kind of that's his way of venting and getting it out and, and responding to them. Like me personally, if something like that happened and there was a bunch of eggs commenting on my page saying you're going to die and this guy is going to kill you and all this. I'd, I'd be very confident that I'd just be able to ignore that and it wouldn't bother yeah. me. Um, but say, saying that, you don't know. Like, I'll say one thing. I do notice like, after a fight when I get a lot of positivity and a lot of comments on my, on my social media, I have to remind myself, like, right, okay, you don't get too... Because you do, you feel yourself yeah. get a little bit like overinflated sense of ego. You get a little bit happy by it. And, but it's like, in reality, at the end of the day, it's just, it's not, um, it's not real life, is it? Social media. So you can't let it get to your head too much. And then, I hope that I'd have that sort of uh, sort of look on it if it was in the negative side of things as well. I could just be like, right, okay, these people obviously, it's not in person, it's not face to face. If it was, they wouldn't say anything to me anyway, and then um, they're just doing it to get a reaction. So, yeah, I'd like to think I'd be able to deal with it, but like I say, I've not, I've not had to yet, thankfully. I mean, we saw um, we we saw Molly um, pledge her support for um, Pride um this this week and yeah. and you know that some really awful stuff was thrown back at at, at, at that and and i think when th- you know when you're trying to do something for for the greater good and you've got people just blatantly throwing hate at you i think then you you, you find yourself in a position there where you just think right well i feel like i want to respond to this but you sh- you know yeah you shouldn't you know you shouldn't it's just like it's just not worth not worth the time. It's uh... people will do anything behind the screen, won't they? Like they don't feel yeah. like they're not getting held accountable for it. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? They can hide behind fake accounts, but like majority of the time, no one will do it on the real profile. They'll create a fake account and do it. So there's no accountability there, and that's why people are getting away with all sorts. Which obviously, I think social media platforms should try and do a better job at um, mitigating that, and you know, putting things in place to where you've got to sign up to an account and maybe give details or whatever so they can verify, you know what I mean, if it's a real person or if you're making a fake account for that. So mm. that's something that they should be looking into anyway. But, but like like you say, you've just got to try and ignore people like that because they're only doing it to get a reaction. And it's more a reflection on 
the negativity in their own lives than it is on anybody else that they're trying to criticize you know what i mean Exactly. I agree. I think I think there needs to be some uh, far more personal details going into kind of registering for a social media account because the impact you can have is is vast. We see it with like bullying and and especially with the pandemic and everything and people kind of suicide rates going up and all that stuff. It's it's it's, it's not just trolling. It's not just banter. It's it can be messing with people's lives. And I, I completely yeah. agree. I think I think more personal kind of registration information that you, that you can give when you're setting up a social media account is is the way forward for stuff like that in order to to deal with it but unfortunately it doesn't seem like those big companies want to do that maybe it will highlight how few uh people are actually on it because people think everyone's on twitter everyone's on instagram but actually the reality is is that you know they have those bot cleanses every now and again don't they i mean i've seen it even recently i went down about two thousand followers and i'm like I haven't said anything bad, so I don't know why people... <laughs> am I that boring that people have just left me? <laughs> but it's, it's those, all those bot, bot cleanses and stuff like that. You know, it, it, it yeah, happens. Yeah. So I wonder if it's that. We're digressing and getting on some very odd, odd well, subjects. I don't though, mind. Yes. It's interesting, isn't it? I bet that was funny. You're sat there thinking, flipping out, what have I posted here by accident? Why have 2,000 people on Yeah, I thought, what's but, going yeah. on here? But, yeah. I mean, speaking about sort of... Uh, you know, people disappearing and fighting in Liverpool and the crowds that we've seen uh, at, at venues in Liverpool for some of the aforementioned fighters, the roar and the excitement is ridiculous. How have you found, well, obviously we've just touched on the, the pandemic uh, loosely there. How have you found fighting in an empty arena? Right, so the first time I fought in an empty arena, it was definitely a bit of a shock. I think that, um, without realising it, obviously, because I've always fought in front of a crowd, and my last fight before the pandemic was the most tickets I'd ever sold. It was in Manchester, so it's not too far from Liverpool. Um, and the crowd there was boss, all for me. I got an amazing like rush of energy from the crowd when I got into the cage, and I think that definitely fueled my performance. And then you go to December, and I'm fighting in an empty venue. I walk out with sort of the same sort of warm-up that I'd normally do before a fight. Everything was the same, except this time there was no crowd there, you know, kind of picking up the energy a little bit. So when I got into the cage, I felt a little bit, like, underwhelmed and, and not quite the the alertness that I'd normally feel. Do you know what I mean? So I think I started a bit slow in that fight. Um, and he took me getting it by a left hand to wake me up and be like, right, okay, you're in a fight here, mate, switch on. Um, but then the second time around, when I fought in March, I was, I was aware that that was going to be you know a similar sort of vibe so i got myself a bit more psyched up in the changing room and a little bit more amped up and a bit more of an intense like presence about myself and i think that that definitely played into my favor because i was able to start fast and get straight into the fight like i would normally do if there was a big crowd there so i, I definitely prepare, I prefer fighting with a crowd um and after the fight it's always better to go and see everyone in the crowd you've, you've sold tickets to all your friends and family have come so that's always nice to go and celebrate with them but uh, whilst the fight's actually taking place um, as long as you switched on and like I say I come out with that more bit more intensity I felt that um, the fight's pretty much pretty much the same with or without without the crowd at that point so yeah you, you said that you you know you got a little bit more amped up before you walked out just tell us a little bit about um, your routine before you walk out what, what's going on in that room before you walk out what's, what's your prep but this last fight was a little bit different I don't know if you know but I had food poisoning like all the day of my last fight so I was in no a very... Why? Yeah, yeah. I was in a bad way. Um, so 
that that last one, let's so I so woke up on uh, about about nine o'clock Saturday morning. Uh, stomach was in bits, didn't feel right, and I was burping in in my bed, and I could taste like sort of acidy sick burps, and I was like flipping out. This doesn't, this isn't good. So anyway, I end up I'm like on the toilet all day. Anything I try and eat, I'm just throwing back up. I'm literally, it's, it's not, I can't hold anything down. So I'm just trying to like sip electrolytes all day to try and stay hydrated because obviously I've done a weight cut the day before. Yeah. So anything I've just put back into my body, I'm basically like shitting out. Uh, so uh, get get to the venue and like I'm trying to just get in a mindset of like, right, okay, I'm obviously, I'm going to fight. This isn't ideal, but I've got to get through it. So that in itself was putting me in a bit more of an intense mindset because I was like, you've got to switch on now. You've got to try and pull it together here because everything was falling apart. Um, so yeah, I got in and done my usual routine, which would be literally like about 45 minutes before you get your hands wrapped start warming up with a few stretches, shadow boxing, light drills, and then bang the pads for a bit, get my heart rate up uh, and get ready to go out and fight. And obviously this time I was like, just thinking, flipping out, don't, uh, don't shit yourself in the cage. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a bit of a nightmare. And I'd have white shorts on as well. So it wasn't the best best choice of outfit for that one. But yeah, managed to get it done. That was a mad, that was a mad experience, that last fight. I've definitely never gone through anything like that before, but... I'm made up now that I did because knowing that I could overcome that is just like strengthen my mindset even more. Absolutely. So, were you um you just didn't eat anything the whole day, or you did, but obviously it was it was going straight through you. Fight day, I had so you know these little like hotel type cereal boxes they do the small ones. Yeah, I had a box of cocoa pops, poured it into my mouth with no milk because I thought milk might upset my stomach even more, and then ended up like back on the toilet like five minutes after that. So then I had a piece of toast and was back on the toilet after that. So then I just didn't eat anything for the rest of the day. So I was just wow. sipping electrolytes. Yeah. Wow. Well, as you say, that's an amazing thing to now have come through. And if anything, hopefully it doesn't. If anything does come up in the future, were you even contemplating pulling out of the fight? No, not at all. I remember I rang my mate, Adam, who's one of my training partners. And I was just kind of, because I didn't tell anyone. Like, I didn't even want to tell my coach. I mentioned it to one of them. But he was kind of like, do you feel all right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I downplayed it. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I rang my mate, Adam, who obviously I'm very close to. and We speak about um, all this type of stuff, all fight nerves, everything. And I'd speak to him about this. I actually just said, like, I'm in a bad way here, mate. But he kind of just said to me, look, do you know what I mean? Like, regardless of what happens, you can go in there and get the job done. And it's a funny story, actually. I'd, I'd watched. So have you ever seen uh, The Last Dance on Netflix, Michael Jordan's documentary? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So have you seen the episode where he gets food poisoning? And he goes and plays the basketball game. It's like the playoffs or whatever for the NBAs. And he's got food poisoning. He's in a bad way. You can see he's, he's quite clearly sick. And he goes and plays the game anyway. And because he's so mentally strong, he ends up scoring however many baskets and winning the game for his team. So how good timing is this? I'd watched that episode on Wednesday night. And this is Saturday morning. <laughs> oh, so fight brilliant. week, I'd watch that. So I was literally on the phone. So I'm going, it's Michael Jordan mentality. Like, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go and fight. And uh, yeah. Thank God I watched that episode that week, because um, without that, I don't know if I had the mental strength to push through, but I was just thinking, I mean, Michael Jordan can do it, so take a bit of that mentality into this one and you can do it as well. Brilliant. Well, there's a big fight coming up very, very soon, part of the trilogy. How's camp going, and what can we expect from that fight? Yeah, massive fight, to be honest. Brian Buland, he's got a good name. He's always like he's always been around the top of Europe, bantamweight, you know what I mean? especially for me. I've had quite a fast rise over the last couple of years. So I remember fighting amateur and going to watch Cage Warriors shows that like Paddy and that were fighting on and seeing Brian Boone fight and always thinking, 
in my head, you know, one day I'll be fighting the likes of him, but now I'm actually fighting him. So um, it's nice to see for me the progressions I've made so quickly in the last few years. And um, you just can definitely expect another very fast, fast-paced fight. I'm training very hard at the minute. I'm in the best. I know every fighter says this, but I'm in the best shape of my life. I genuinely am. Every fight, I feel like I'm building on it with age. I'm getting more into my man strength. I feel like I'm I'm growing into the weight class nicely. And I just see like everything's everything's going perfect at the minute. Like the, the timing for it's right for me to come with all this momentum behind me. He's sort of like at the back end of his career. He's 35, 36. He's not yet in the UFC. So I feel like, do you know what I mean? This is kind of towards the end for him. And for me, it's just, I'm just getting started, getting the ball rolling now. So I feel like it's very good timing and I, I can't wait to get in there. You mentioned earlier as well about like getting woken up in the fight with a shot. Was that, by any chance, the Lee Mitchell fight. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the one, yeah. Because I was going to say, you, from what I've seen of your fights, you've got a very good chin because you got clipped by Lee Mitchell, basically just got straight back up and then went on to win the fight. But the one that really impressed me was I think you went for a takedown on, uh, I want to say, is it Michelle or Mikel? I don't know how you pronounce it, but Mikel Martignoni. Yeah, yeah. He caught you with yeah. a big knee. And you seem to just yeah. chew that up for breakfast. I mean, th- th- knowing that you hadn't eaten that whole day, that was that was a big <laughs> bit of food for you right there, that knee. Um, but uh, was, but you yeah. then secured, secured that takedown. With a, and that was a shot that I think I've seen people put out by that. That, that shot yeah. has put people to sleep before. Um, and you just went straight for it, still secured the takedown. Again, go on to win the fight. I suppose what, what my question is, is... It's a great skill, durability. Um, but how much pride do you take in having like a, a good chin? Because I suppose ultimately the goal for you is to not get hit. So ha- yeah. how much can you kind of think, I've got a good chin, but you, I suppose that it'd be dangerous to rely on it. You want to just not yeah. get hit. So how, how do you work out that kind of balance if you know that you are a durable fighter? I definitely don't try it. I wouldn't like, that doesn't even enter my mind that, oh, you've got a good chin so you can eat shots. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I do not want to get hit in fights. I'm not um, I'm not an idiot. And they were actually talking about it on the UFC last night. And it's like fighters who are known for having good chins, eventually the chin wears out. Do you know what I mean? You can mm-hmm. only take so much damage. Um, and yeah, that's, that's not really, do you know what? I think a big part of having a good chin is genuinely fitness. If you're really in shape and like you get hit with a big shot, you can recover a lot quicker than if you're gassed and your body's starting to shut down and your heart rate's through the roof. It's kind of like your brain, and it all works in conjunction with each other and you've been hit with a big shot. Your body's telling yourself, like, we're in danger here. We need a way out. Do you know what I mean? So let's maybe switch off a little bit sooner. But for me, I'm so used to putting myself in those zones where the intensity is through the roof, my heart rate's through the roof, the adrenaline's going. But when I do get hit with a shot in that, I'm able to kind of compose myself, get myself together and carry on fighting through it. Um, but yeah, obviously it's nice that I have got a good chin and I can eat yeah. shots like that, but I'm not daft. I know that it's that won't last forever if I keep, you know what I mean, walking into shots, um, especially big knees like that, shooting a bloody takedown right into his knee. But uh, yeah, so like you say, it's a good asset to have as a fighter, but I'm not relying on it at all. And I'm looking to not get hit with any shots next time when I get in there. And looking ahead, um, you know, let's let's presume, and and I've no reason to doubt that you're going to go on, you're going to get the Cage Warriors belt. What's the long-term plan? Are we we going to try and sort of follow the path that uh, 
Molly and, and, and Paddy have, have, have trod uh, and, and go to the UFC? Or is there another organization that, that interests you? Like, what's, what's the long-term plan? Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Nathan? Yeah, it's always been the UFC, to be honest, for me. Like, when I first got into the sport, that I was introduced through watching the UFC, through me making it, and uh, always been my dream. So, I, I'm, on, I'm on the right path. I could quite easily, where he's there, I was 5-0, and all, I've got five finishes. I could quite easily have gone and spoke to other organisations that maybe pay a bit more money, and like, but there's lesser opponents. I could have gone with Bellator or one or whatever. But my mindset is is geared towards going to the UFC, and I know Cage Warriors is the platform in order to get you there. So, for me, the next few years looks like keep keep winning on Cage Warriors, work towards the bantamweight title, win that, defend it however many times you need to, and then get signed to the UFC. And uh, the end goal is to be UFC champion, 100%. I think I think if you want to be the best in the world, you've got to be fighting in the UFC. If you want to call yourself the best in your weight class in the world, you've got to be the UFC champ. So that's where I'm heading anyway. And in terms of that UFC contract, are you are you open to the idea of taking like a short notice replacement fight, or are you like, no, I'm not touching that. They'll come to me with a good deal when I'm good and ready for it. I think I'd have to see on the situation. It's hard to say right now because yeah. I'm one of those fighters. I'm always training. I'm always in shape. So if they come to me and said, you know, this is on four weeks or whatever, and it's against this opponent, and I know that's my ticket into the UFC, I'm very confident in my abilities. I think I could get in there now with most of the UFC fighters in my weight class and and beat them. Do you know what I mean? So that's the mindset I've got. I know I've, I've heard other fighters say, you know, my time's coming. I, I'm going to build my career, and then the UFC will come to me with a good offer when when they want me and when I'm ready and stuff like that. But I. Uh, I'd have to, I'd have to see. Like, I'd happily go on something like Dana White's Contender Series. You know, the Tuesday night yeah. fights that Dana White puts on. If they, if they come with a contract for that and said, you know, do you want to do a fight on this? I'd 100 percent be up for doing something like that. So you have to see where where it goes. Take it one fight at a time. And like I say, I'm always in the gym, always fit. So if the opportunity does come around, I'd have to speak to me coaches. But I'd imagine I probably would take something like that. Yeah. What about the Ultimate Fighter? That's back now. Would you fancy four weeks in Vegas, living in a house with <laughs> 15 other lads? I I actually would. It's bantamweights as well. My weight class. I yeah. 
gutted I didn't because you only need three pro fights to sign up for that. I really? Have, uh, yeah, I should have got on it. But is what it is. I did have missed my chance this time. It seems like it's all American fighters anyway. I don't know with right. the pandemic if they'd have been able to get you know me over from, yeah. from England. But yeah, uh, yeah, I'd love to do the ultimate fighter. That'd be sick. Bring it on. I'd enjoy that very much. I think it'd be a bit weird living in a house with people you've got to fight, and especially like. Americans sometimes your personality I could imagine your personality clashing with Americans are a little bit different sense of humour aren't they mm. to us over here mm. um, but it would be sick to go on the ultimate fight yeah and that's kind of a fast track into like um, getting your name out there do you know what I mean you go on the ultimate fight yeah, look, at, look how many fighters have come through that do you know what I mean they're all yeah. famous now and they're all uh, they're all doing well in the UFC and that, so that's kind of like a fast track to get your name out there so yeah I feel have you watched the, the, the first episode of the new series? Yeah, yeah, I watched it, the middleweight fight the other night, wasn't it, yeah? Yeah, and I, and I thought it was great that the, the guy was left last pick, and then that I thought, they've got to say it, and it was like, Gaslam, and he was the last pick, yeah. you know, and look what he's gone on to do. And, and you're so, you know, even aside from those that win, like, my, I, I think if I cast my mind back over tough, it's that Uriah Hall kick. Oh. Yeah. And like when that happened, it just silenced the whole place, didn't yeah. it? And it was like, whoa, no one's going to ever forget Uriah Hall now. Yeah. He's just cemented something right there. It's, uh, yeah, amazing. That's a, it's my thing about Uriah Hall because he, he had so much. Like, I watched that season and I was like, yeah. heck, he's going to be the next big thing. He's the next Anderson Silva, whatever. And he kind of had a bit of a, uh, like a disappointing start to his UFC career mm. after that, didn't he? Did he, mm. did he win that season or not? No, Uriah Gaston Hall. beat no. him in the final. Oh, was that that season? Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess they oh. beat him in the final. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it was. A, it was a. Yeah, you're right. Uriah Hall after that series became one of my favourite fighters, and it seemed to be a mentality thing or something where he just seemed to fall short whenever he fought the top top guys. Uh, and I've, I've heard him even speak about it on 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 other shows and stuff, talking about like he's now kind of corrected that. And uh, obviously there was such a horrible situation with the Weidman fight. I mean, as a fighter, when you watch an absolutely horrific injury like that, how, how does that make you feel? Cause I like watch it and I'm feeling sick and I'm hoping that he's all right. And I, I think my, my lit, my literal reaction granted that my wife and kids were still asleep upstairs when I was watching it. I literally just shouted, no, 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 about 17 <laughs> times. And and I'm yeah. never, I've never done anything like that in terms of like stepping into a not going to a cage or whatever it is. You do it. It's just what you do regularly. You, you probably throw some low kicks in the gym. I know you're probably taking 20% off of it or whatever, but do you watch that? And does that, does that cause any fear in you? Is that, how do you react to that? Yeah, it's not nice to watch. I think it's probably similar to how you react to it, to be honest. Like, I, I, I'd struggle. I can't imagine that ever happening. Obviously, I'm going to have to touch wood now if I'm saying this. No, yeah, don't, don't we're all touching wood. Yeah. Don't worry, it's not yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never imagined that happening to me, so I don't see it from a way of like, oh, I throw leg kicks. That could happen to me because I just don't even want that thought to enter yeah. my mind. Do you know what I mean? So I actually see it from the same sort of perspective as you. as like, that is nasty. I hope he's okay. Yeah. Um it's hard to watch, to be honest, yeah. isn't it? I remember that one specifically. I, I missed that fight because I, I recorded it and I'd come down to watch in the morning and my dad was already watching them. So I was like, oh, rewind it. I want to see the first fight. He was like, you don't want to watch it, Dave. <laughs> I said, no, come on, put it on. He was like, no, honestly, it's horrible. I was like, I'm gonna, you're going to have to show me now. So I rewinded it and I was like flipping it. Yeah, I wish I hadn't seen that, to be honest. Yeah. But um, 
that's it. The good thing, right? So the thing about that is it's very, very rare. What's mad is it's happened in two fights with Chris Weidman in. Yeah. And it's only happened- I mean, it's going to be on his mind now yeah. every time he gets in the octagon. Yeah, how could it not be? But that's what's crazy. It's only happened three times in the UFC and two of them have been fights with Chris Weidman in. So that is mad. But uh, percentage-wise, I quite like those numbers. The amount of UFC fights there's been and it's only happened three times. So I'm thinking that touch wood, touch wood it's, not gonna, it's not going to happen yeah. to me. So, I mean, we're... We're close uh, approaching the end of this. Um, you're, you're taking on uh, Brian Boland in a bantamweight bout, part of Cage Warriors 124 on Friday, 25th of June. How do you see that fight playing out? Right, so honestly, I see me starting fast, putting a very high pace on him, lots of grappling exchanges, lots of breaking from the grappling exchanges and throwing strikes, and eventually that wearing on him me getting to his back and getting another submission. I think that's sort of my style and I'm cementing it now each fight that I put a good pace on people, a barrage of grappling attacks mixed in with strikes and eventually they're going to wilt under the pressure and I'm going to get that submission again. And I'll go as far as saying I reckon I'm going to re-enake a choking, but obviously we don't know. We'll see what happens when we yeah. get in there. But I've got a good feeling I'm going to be able to work towards his back. I'm flying in the gym at the minute every time I'm doing any sort of grappling training I'm getting to that position alone. It's becoming like a very, very, very good um, position for me. Uh, and I feel like that's the way I see the fight going. Nathan, we wish you all the best in that fight. Um, thanks so much for your time today, mate. It's been an absolute joy uh, chatting to you. And yeah, we wish you all the best, mate. Well, that is right, boys. I've enjoyed that. Nice speaking to you. Thanks for having me on. You too, mate. Thanks so much. And, and best of luck with the fight. Go on. Nice one, fellas. See you in a bit. Take it easy, all mate. All the best, mate. Lovely. Absolutely lovely chat, that. Brilliant chat. It went to places I wasn't quite expecting, but yeah, it was a really nice chat with, again, we say it every time we interview people, but just a really nice, humble bloke. Like, you know, he, he seems very confident in himself, but yeah. not like brash or yeah. cocky or anything like that. Just very confident in his in himself and his ability. And he's a young fighter, you know. He, he's looks like he's got skills and, and, and we mentioned his chin as well and, yeah. and that, but again there was he was sensible he's a smart he's like yeah I've got a, a good chin but I, I, the last thing I want to do is rely on it which is you know for a 23 year old lad that does have a good chin I think there's probably people out there that go oh yeah I'll take one to give one and all that kind of stuff he's like no 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 I'd rather just not get hit thanks which I think shows shows an intelligence there and I think he's, he's got a good chance to do well absolutely you are right like we do start all of these or finish all of these podcasts with uh, oh what a lovely fella and yeah uh, you know really grounded and, and, and we have it's, it's been a, a constant you know sooner or later we're going to finish one of these episodes and just go uh, well that was a podcast um, we'll be back next week <laughs> <laughs> and then the listeners are going to go well he wasn't very nice was he <laughs> yes absolutely oh god we've really laid that up for ourselves haven't we because yeah. that because it's so because we do and we just genuinely mean it we're not we're not bullshit everyone we chat to i mean look granted here's a here's the caveat to it is we are fans of this sport yeah we are both 
kind of in awe of yeah. fighters. Like we've both I'm spoken sure. before. Like I've been in like I'm gonna sound like a prick now, but I've been in rooms with big Hollywood stars. Like, I've been in rooms with Hugh Jackman, Tom Cruise, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, people like that. Prick. Probably the only time I got yeah, I know. Uh, the only time I got slightly uh, uh, nervous uh, and I didn't go up and speak to him even though my wife was telling me I should was, was Gary Oldman because he was my absolute hero as an actor growing up way more than any kind of like traditional Hollywood star like Gary Oldman was the one for me where I go oh it's Gary Oldman it's like the one of the reasons I've kind of got into acting and so like I, I couldn't go up and speak to him other than that the one time an actor has probably made me feel a little bit starstruck or something it's fighters. Yeah. I don't I don't really care. Actors do what I do. All right, some of you do it much better than me, and some of you get paid a lot more money than me, but you do the same job as me, so I don't really care. But fighters do something that I just I just couldn't do. As much as there's this deluded part of my brain that goes, oh, I wonder if I could have done that if I was younger. No, Blake, you fucking couldn't, mate. <laughs> um... But you know, and and and, but, and I love the sport, and and, and I love the, the the people in it, and I think they're fascinating people. So, so yeah. So that's the caveat: is that we're we're super excited to chat to these people, and we when we get the chance to, we come away from those those chats excited. But but yeah, there probably will be a day where someone's quite difficult or quite awkward. Yeah, and we and you will be able to tell that, we, <laughs> that we've not had a good time. But everyone we've done so far has been great. We really have, and I'll tell you what. Um, I didn't see coming in this was uh, so who was your inspirations oh just the lads at Team Alpha Mal oh yeah I went out there and rolled with Uriah Faber oh mate I could have talked to him about that all day yeah. I mean like imagine you just walking in the gym it's just like Garbrandt and yeah. Faber and you know probably Chad Mendes or something yeah. like that if he was around and, Paige, oh, that I think is... Paige was at um, uh, Alpha Mal as well wasn't she yes yes she was she was Paige Van Zandt was there yeah so I mean that's amazing, isn't it? That is that is pretty bloody brilliant. And, and I've nearly mess, sort of mentioned it. Um, we should say as well, if this is like one of the first episodes you listen to, uh, when we had Arnold Allen on, um, he had a very similar thing of what um, what Nate was saying about you know initially sort of rolling with Uriah and just thinking, oh, I can't try and put it on him, it's Uriah. Like uh, Arnold had exactly the same when he when he got to uh, it's TriStar, isn't it? Uh, yeah, TriStar. Yeah, when he Montreal, got to TriStar, yeah. and was like, yeah, jump in with George, and he was like, what? And he was like, <laughs> I can't let George Saint Pierre, and it was like, and then he hit me, and it was like, all right, okay, so game on. And yeah, I just yeah. Thought, like it's brilliant, just because you know we know these people as you know they're legitimate rock stars in our little world. Do you know what I mean? It's like, what must it be like walking in, you know, already? you know as, as a prospect and then meeting all your heroes and getting to you know do your do what you do with your heroes the people that were you know inspired you to do that it's just absolutely fascinating and it's the same with like you know asking them and asking Bonner and uh, what what it's like I'm, I'm always fascinated to know what it you know what that feels like to walk in the gym and Paddy's over there Molly's over there like what is the vibe like because you imagine it's up you imagine there's you know there's a buzz in there just because of the size of their personalities and you know we've been blessed to have spoke to both of them as well on this podcast and would definitely recommend you go and listen to them episodes because the energy that that, that both of them have got you know is is infectious and, and brilliant so the thought that you could be in a gym with them like i just want to know what what goes down in there i'm, I'm just uh, yeah i'd love to be a fly on the wall 
Absolutely, absolutely. Right, well, that was Nathan Fletcher, who's taking on Brian Boland as part of Cage Warriors 124 on Friday, the 25th of June. So fingers crossed for Nathan there and hoping that he gets the win. Absolutely. Where can they watch it? Fight Pass? Um, Fight Pass, yes. yes. UFC Fight Pass is where you go for all the, the Cage Warriors stuff. Uh, we're both uh, subscribers now to all the uh, Fight Pass stuff. It's really good, Fight Pass. I, I really enjoy it. Like, the back catalogue of basically like every fight ever done. Yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. Uh, Ultimate Fighter now that's, that's out there. Uh, Dana White Contender Series, which I'm looking forward to watching because I hadn't seen any of that before. Um, yeah, and then there's loads of other organisations. I stumbled across a really interesting like grappling fight. Was it... Um, Oh, I can't remember what it was called, but it was like Eddie Bravo was pre- presenting it. And it was like Team USC versus Team Strike Force and Team WEC versus Team, I don't know, maybe like LFA or something like that. But it probably was, probably something else. But yeah, and there was all these like weird grappling battles where there are teams of five that would go in and, and like, like grapple individually oh, nice. and stuff. So there's some really good, fun stuff on there and fight lore as well, where they've animated these like cool stories of like Nick Diaz having a fight in the hospital after his fight and all this kind of stuff and the story of like Bruce Buffer and all that so yeah dude fight have pass. you struck a deal with fight pass on the choir like what's going on here <laughs> do you know what I thought about I'm not going to lie I have thought about reaching out to him uh, but and going hey, do you want to chuck us some quid we'll sponsor you or something like that but no I haven't done yet you may see it coming up but I haven't done yet um, but yeah um, but no they are it's good I've really enjoyed it uh, and you can catch Cage Warriors on there um, absolutely we've said it all haven't we um, well like I said go check out the back catalogue because we've spoke to some absolute legends um, so far um, uh, Blake Fight Pass Harrison did just mention um, <laughs> uh, the Ultimate Fighter um, I think by the time this comes out hopefully it'll be out if yes. not it will be coming out um, our episode with uh, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky which is a great chat he's obviously one of the tough captains at the moment um, and yeah go go check the back catalogue um, the best thing you can do is subscribe then you won't miss any episodes they just pop up on your listening device without having to worry about finding them anywhere and we're on all the social media platforms Facebook Instagram and Twitter just search MMA Fan Podcast and you will see our ugly mugs and click like share retweet all of that gubbins and uh, now I think we're done no, we're done. After the gubbins. Once the gubbins is out, we are totally done. <laughs> Do you know mate. what? I don't think I've ever said the word gubbins ever. <laughs> I loved it. I'm a, I'm a big fan of gubbins. All right. Well, on that note, bye. Fight Pass is available now. <laughs>